Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to episode 86 of Geek Town Radio. This week I have with me... I love reading books, it's fun. Amanda. <laughs> Hooray! Hello. Hello. I really love that theme, dude. <laughs> I say it every single time. It's the best thing ever. I, I like it. It makes you smile. <laughs> Speaking of bookshelves, I recently organised mine by colour. <laughs> after a, after a very stressful day at work, came home and was like, "Right, I'm going to organise the bookshelf." Well, my boyfriend looked at me like, "Just sit down. You're you're an insane person." <laughs> what? Why by colour? Because <laughs> it, it looks really pretty. Like it's an organ. Like it. It's chaos in terms of actually finding what you're looking for. You have to remember what colour the book is that you want or what colour the spider of the book is yeah. that you want. It did, it did pain me to take away like like series of books. So it's like The Hunger Games <laughs> and Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. I've had to separate them all. <laughs> Except for my Harry Potter books because they have their own little case. Right. <laughs> I don't want to separate those, but no. the others... They've, they've been separated <laughs> which you know it's fine <laughs> you are an insane person I think that's fair yeah, <laughs> yeah probably <sighs> my, my friends came around and when, when I was in the kitchen they'd moved some of the books and it was chaos <laughs> there was there was orange in the white section and there was pink in the blue section and it was let's face it you invited that when you decided yeah. to make them by colour Look at my pristine bookshelf. Please don't mess it up. Yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the world burn. Uh, what, what have you been up to in terms of film and TV and stuff? And, and not organising books in yes. a really fatal way. Yes. Um, they finally put Freaks and Geeks on Netflix. Yes, I saw that. It's on my list. I haven't got to watching it yet, but yes, I'm, oh, I will dive into that. God, Dave. <laughs> Pretty much just swallowed up my entire life because everyone that i've ever loved and will ever love is in this show yes it's it's one of those shows it was a bit like when you when i went back and watched like in seven season of gilmore girls yeah you go back and it's like oh they're in it oh they're in it yeah <laughs> sort of this person's in it i didn't know <laughs> very very young shia labeouf is in an episode of freaks and geeks is he really yeah, yeah it was like very, very young you, you, you watching Gilmore Girls it's like there is a teenage Jared Padalecki in there amazing <laughs> <laughs> and like a very young Milo Ventimiglia that's awesome so, yeah so, so I've just been binging on young Seth Rogen young James Franco and young Jason Siegel yeah. in Freaks so it's been good yeah 
Can't complain. No, absolutely. That's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Not really. Uh, been sort of busy doing the the running and stuff. Um, yeah. But um, been, I'm really excited for Rogue One. No, yes. they released the trailer last week, and that's that's very exciting. Yes, yeah, that looks really, really good. I'm I'm looking forward to that coming out. I've been watching Star Wars Rebels, which is back on Disney XD at the moment. Which, if you're a Star Wars fan, really good. Uh, yes, if you're a Star Wars fan, it's well worth watching because it's all part of the canon, so it all fits in. So there are things that may pop up in Rogue One that may also pop up in Rebels as well. Oh, ace. So it is worth watching if you're a Star Wars fan because it, it does all tie together. So that's really good. I have um, to add that to my list. Yes, definitely. I've been watching... Have you caught any of Westworld yet? I haven't, actually. Very, very good. Well worth watching. It's, it's, there were some things going around online saying that it's actually... The episode numbers are actually higher than Game of Thrones for HBO. Oh, my God, amazing. It, it's sort of been hailed as the new Game of Thrones, hasn't it, in terms of binge-watching something? Yeah, and it, that certainly seems to be the case. It's doing amazing numbers for HBO, and it's doing very well over here as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, and it's it's such a good show. It's well-acted. It's interesting very very well worth watching so i've been watching that there's a couple of new shows come up as well there's a new show called zapped which i think is on dave which stars one of the in-betweeners oh nice james i think from the in-betweeners um he plays a character who is working basically as a as a sort of temp job in an office and somebody mistakenly sends him a magic bracelet which transports him or zaps him to <laughs> a uh, an, an alternative universe which is full of kind of wizards and soothsayers and fairies and stuff oh, nice. uh, it's, a, it's a comedy and it's very silly but highly entertaining it's um got paul k in it as well got a feeling maybe steve coogan shows up at some point as well but it it's really funny highly entertaining i i really enjoyed watching that so that's one to watch out for yonderland turned up this week as well that's back which i love which is the, yeah. the show with the that puppets pretty good that's got stephen fry in it this season as well oh another reason to watch it exactly yes uh plays a character called cuddly dick um <laughs> and, and of course he does well of course yes although it turns out at the end the Slight spoilers for the first episode. Turns out Cuddly Dick might not be as cuddly as he first makes out. So, <laughs> so yes, that's uh, brilliant as usual. It's always funny, that show. Well worth watching. Other stuff, Humans as well, which is due back on the 30th of October in the UK. I can't wait for that. That's coming up. It looks amazing. Yes, it is amazing. I've seen the first episode. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> the insider knowledge. Yeah, there was a um, screening down in London for press and some competition winners and things. So I was I went down to the screening and was hanging around in the bar outside waiting to go in. And there was a guy sat at the bar and I thought, I'm sure I recognise that guy. And it suddenly clicked and I went over to him going aren't you the guy from Thronecast? And <laughs> it was Jamie East. <laughs> That's awesome. Hello, <laughs> uh, from Jamie East. Yeah. So I, I went over and spoke to him and it, uh, it was like, um, what are you doing here? And he was like, I'm just a huge fan, so I'll blag some tickets. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had a, had a 
chat with Jamie and uh, sat talking to him for a while. I ended up sat, in, sat next to him in the screening. Um, who's a really... Is he just as nice as he seems on TV? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. he was he was lovely, really friendly, lovely guy. So had a chat with him, came out of the screening and uh, had a brief chat with Gemma Chan, spoke with, uh, longer chat with Will Tudor, who plays Odie on the show and uh, who's the malfunctioning synth yeah, yeah yeah and the people that play the kids the older teenage kids hey. so, so I spoke to them amazing time so I spoke to them for a while and uh, the the girl that plays the um, the younger kid was there as well in a proper party dress uh, <laughs> <laughs> like big frilly kind of thing <laughs> but she, she was adorable she was kind of running around and like taking photos with some of the fans and things which was great uh. Yeah, she was apparently that's the first time she's ever been allowed to see an episode of the show. Oh, really? Well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, because the boy that plays the teenage brother in it was sat next to her. And there are some bits in the opening episode which are possibly not appropriate for somebody of her age. And he was sat there, like, thinking, do I cover her eyes? (laughs) What do I do? (laughs) I'm not sure she should be watching this, but seems to have come through it on skate. So, you know. So that was really good. There will be some more stuff about humans going up on the website over the next couple of weeks as well. So uh, that's something to watch out for i also interviewed this week actor called greg austin and although you might not know that name at the moment he is one of the stars of bbc three's new doctor who spin-off class nice so yeah i had a long well half an hour kind of video chat with him so we're not playing that interview on out on here because it's a video interview so you can go onto the website and, and find that or you can go onto youtube and look for greg austin interview and it should come up but uh yeah he was fantastic we spoke spoke to him for about half an hour class comes on to bbc3 on the 22nd of october so it's on the saturday unfortunately for greg that's also his wedding day so (laughs) (laughs) so he's been banned from having a phone or any communication throughout the show on on, on the day of release which is slightly unfortunate timing but you know hilarious if during its screening someone just put it on in the function room (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think his wife-to-be might strangle him if that happened (laughs) (laughs) so uh, yes he's uh, got that to love so he's having a very busy week as well but uh, that interview is up on the website if you go to geektown.co.uk you can find it on there so yes that's all the stuff I've been doing this week let's go on to some uh, TV and film news sounds good to me you were waiting for me to go (laughs) I have to edit that in now. (laughs) First bit of TV and film news this week comes from Amazon. They've got a new event series coming called Bonfire of the Vanities. Do you remember the original movie? You probably don't. You're probably too young. No, I don't actually. I mean, it's there's a novel which was written by Tom Wolfe in 1989, but there was a film which was made which stars Tom Hanks, Bruce Willis, Melanie Griffith and Morgan Freeman as well. Oh. And it's a, a sort of story about the worst excesses of the 80s. Set in New York 
It follows three different characters. One's a bond trader. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's a Jewish assistant district attorney. And the other one is a British journalist. And they sort of have their own perspective on the things that are going on. It's described as highlighting the ruthlessness, ambition, racism, social class, seedy politics, and opulent greed prevalent at the time. So, <laughs> so, so everything. It's tackling everything. Yes. <laughs> so it's sort of pulling apart the worst bits of the age basically (laughs) what's interesting as well is that one of the producers of this is chuck lorry and this is not the sort of thing you'd associate with chuck lorry because that's the guy that is behind shows such as two and a half men Dahmer and greg mike and molly and big bang theory so he's he's (laughs) very much a half hour sitcom guy i'm not sure entirely why he's involved with this but you know he's putting some weight behind it which is something (laughs) so how's the the show actually going to be um Format is it, is it going to be like half hour episodes? Is it going to be like a bit of a comedy slant on it, like no, a bit of a black comedy? Or I, I I'm assuming. Well, there may be a sort of comedy element to it but it's it's certainly not going to be sitcommy i wouldn't have thought yeah margaret nagel is who was the person that wrote red band society is uh the person that's going to be taking on the writing duties for it uh, and she's exact producing along with laurie it's been made by warner brothers tv because laurie has an overall deal with warner brothers so yes that's slightly odd that he's involved with it but yeah i mean i i just thought that was kind of an interesting one because yeah they had a film version of it so it'll be intriguing to see how that comes out into a longer format as well so could be one to look at look out for but that's coming to amazon some point next year that should be out so we've got that we've got jimmy olsen from supergirl which is due back on the 24th of october in the uk jimmy olsen is getting a new role rather than just being kind of superman's friend and photographer he is becoming a bit of a superhero on the new version of the show. Oh, cool. There is a character in the comics called Guardian. He's actually more related to Superman than Supergirl in the comics, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's not Jimmy Olsen in the comics, it's somebody else entirely. But they've decided, as they tend to do with the sort of Belanti stuff, they've juggled things around a bit. So uh, Jimmy Olsen is now going to be this superhero called Guardian. He's essentially a, a vigilante that carries a shield and has a kind of armoured suit thing. No special powers. So, you know, he's probably <laughs> going to get beaten up and Supergirls have to rescue him quite a lot, I would think. But uh, yeah, he's, his desire to sort of help Kara out a bit more rather than just be kind of stood on the sidelines is the thing that really seems to be pushing him. In the comic books, Guardian is, is generally known as a character called Jim Harper, who is a Metropolis police officer who becomes the, the vigilante guardian to chase down criminals the law couldn't prosecute during his day job. That character is Jim, of Jim Harper has actually appeared on Supergirl already, played by Warehouse 13's Eddie McClintock. So... It's a little odd that they're then going to kind of use the character, you know, use his alter ego for Jimmy Olsen. Because you kind of would have thought, if you were Eddie, I'd be a bit cheesed off that (laughs) you're not going to get invited back to do that now. But that's a shame. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's probably quite good that they're expanding the roles of these people. And of course, this is the first season of the show with it moving 
onto the CW in the US as well. So there's going to be a number of changes coming up and the whole Flashpoint thing from Flash is going to cause changes as well, I suspect. Mm-hmm. So lots of things to do with that. That's good though. I'm, I'm all about an underdog story. Yes, I'm looking forward to, to Supergirl coming back and the others. Uh, Supergirl's back on the 24th, then Flash on the 25th, Arrow on the 26th, then there's a week break and... The Thursday show, which will be Legends of Tomorrow, is coming back a week afterwards. Oh my God, it's been a good couple of weeks TV-wise. Yes, so there's that, those all coming back. Uh, and as I say, Humans back on the 30th as well. So, you know, lots of TV starting. I think that's sort of when we start to hit our new TV season then. Some people have made remarks about the fact that Supergirl seems to be kicking off the run over here, whereas in America, Flash kicked it off. I have spoken to Sky about that, and Sky are swearing that all the episodes will link up because obviously there's crossover episodes on the show. Yeah. But they are swearing that they everything will link back up again. It is. I, I don't know how that's going to work, but they are saying that is the case. So. Okay. <laughs> we'll just have to see for ourselves. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My guess is that there is a week when Supergirl isn't on, and yeah. that we, you know, that it, it'll skip a week in the US, and that means that we'll catch back up again. So I think that's probably why they've done it that way around. Final news story this week. Rose Leslie, you will know from such shown as shows as Game of Threads, has joined a spin-off from The Good Wife, which is coming to CBS All Access, which is their new online thing that's running various shows, the main one being Star Trek. The new Star Trek show is going to run on CBS All Access. So, yes, best known as playing Egret in You Know Nothing, Jon Snow in <laughs> that one. Uh in Game of Thrones, she's going to be playing a character who is goddaughter to Diane Lockhart, who is from the original Good Wife series. She joins Lockhart's law firm right after passing the bar and is said to play a key role in plans Diane has for the future. The series spin-off is being created by the same people that created The Good Wife. The new series is set to be lighter in tone than the original. It's set a year after The Good Wife finale. And the story starts with an enormous financial scandal which destroys the reputation of Marina and simultaneously wipes out Lockhart's savings. It forces them to leave the Lockhart Lee law firm and join Quinn at one of Chicago's preeminent law firms. So it's basically the same show as it was before, except it's set at a completely different law firm by the sounds of it. So Yeah, either way. Uh, and with, with some of the same characters. Yeah. <laughs> you got a formula that works. Well, exactly. I mean, Rose Leslie's fantastic. I'm just glad to see her back on a, on a show. Yeah. She's great. Yeah, she's brilliant. So, you know, it's always good to have her back on the show. So those are the news stories for this week. Next up, we have an interview. An interview. (laughs) This week's interview is with the costume designer Cynthia Summers. Cynthia has worked across a huge range of shows. She worked on the critically acclaimed L Word. She worked on smash hit shows such as Bones and Smallville. She's currently the costume designer on Unreal. Um, I don't know if you know anything about Unreal. No, I haven't watched any of it. It's on Amazon over here. I've just bought Amazon Prime. Oh, 
So yeah, so watch I'm looking it. for shows to watch. Go and watch Unreal. It's fantastic. There's two seasons of it on there. It's a fictional drama. It's set behind the scenes of one of those kind of bachelor style US dating shows. Yeah. And the cast of characters are basically a, a bunch of fairly shallow contestants, a fairly shallow bachelor who are not massively likable with some quite evil people behind the scenes playing <laughs> puppet master, trying to sort of make events happen in the show. Um, hey, that sounds right up my street. Absolutely, totally up your street. Um, <laughs> it, but I, I've watched two seasons of it. It's it's dark, it's funny, it's absolutely brilliant. I absolutely love it. So, um, But uh, Cynthia works on the costumes on that show, which is a great job for a costume designer because you've, as well as all the normal costumes, you've got all the kind of gowns and all that sort of stuff that they have to figure out for, for, the, um, for yeah. the cast that are playing the contestants and things. So we talk about her work on Unreal, we talk about her working on Bones and designing the kind of non-superhero superhero stuff for Smallville as well. So this is the interview with Cynthia. Um, hope you enjoy it. We'll see you afterwards with some air dates. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, David. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing just great. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Good. Yeah. You're on to talk a bit about your work working with costumes on uh, TV shows. Right. How did you get into doing costumes in the first place? Oh, uh, well, it was, uh, in, interestingly enough, it was never my intention to do this. In fact, I, I think I wanted to be a painter way back in the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and uh, I, basically, I was um, in musical theatre in my early adulthood, and um, I uh, was a dancer in musical theater. And um, so, you know, dance is one of the most underfunded arts. And so a lot of the times we wind up doing our own, at least alterations and things like that. And I always had an aptitude for it and I enjoyed it. Um, And one thing led to another and I wound up doing costumes, dance costumes as for a living, as well as teaching it. And then um, I was working in Vancouver, which is where I'm working right now. And um, there was a film that came into town and they were looking for someone to build Russian-style tutus, which are quite specific. And um, so I took the job. (laughs) And um, I was just completely, you know, I was just hooked. I just, I loved the whole vibe of being on set. I loved the interaction with the actors and the producers and the director. And I mean, I mean, realist, really, I had no idea what I was doing, but that's (laughs) right. (laughs) That's how I've sort of manifested it over these years. Um, And then... A friend of mine worked in set decoration, and she introduced me to a production designer who I basically, you know, followed around and harassed for about a year. And then (laughs) he had an indie that came up, a small, uh, well, actually a big indie that came up, and um, he offered it to me, and I just said yes. And that was like 1994, and that's where I started, and this is what I've done ever since. It's kind of become my life. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, my life's work. Yeah. 
It's it's weird. Yeah. You find a lot of people that are on the production side seem to sort of you know well this is what or not what i intended to do but i sort right. of ended up in it <laughs> right <laughs> well you know i think film is one of those industries and i hate to call it an industry i mean it is but from the craft side of it from my side of it you know we all come into it looking at it as it as an art form which it ultimately is and should be it's it's one of those industries where you still can sort of make you can be a made person you can enter it and if you've got it's it's harder now probably than it was 20 years ago is when I started but um you know it's an industry where you can still if you have an in and you have it which is you're willing to work 24 hours a day (laughs) seven days a week until your project is over and you get along well with other people and you can just do stuff on the fly and you're creative um then you can make a place for yourself in this industry and um you know there's a lot of it's a lot harder to do that these days out in the world you know you need so many degrees and you need it's just really hard. So, um, I mean, not that film is easy and sometimes it's hard to find, you know, that place to get your foot in the door, but I think ultimately everybody knows somebody who works in film. So (laughs) (laughs) some of the shows you work on, um, you work on, um, girlfriend's guide to divorce, which has on lifetime, I believe over here. Unreal is another show that you work on as well, which uh, actually has on Amazon over here. Um, Ah. <laughs> randomly which um, is weird because it's on lifetime it's lifetime <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but th- that got bought by amazon uh in the uk so they are it right here. right we know the guy that does the music for a real phil eisler really uh, well he's been on multiple times on here so oh, so oh, we know great. phil quite well um yeah. but yeah the show itself it's a show about a show because it's a show yeah. about one of those u.s dating shows where they have a bunch of um women that that kind of he'd like the bachelor go after one exactly guy. exactly uh, and it's sort of a show about a bunch of reasonably unlikable people with a lot more unlikable people kind yes. of <laughs> <laughs> sort of guiding them yes. it's, i mean it's, it really it really shows the ugly side in front of and behind the camera yeah yeah yes yeah. I mean, the the uh, it's it's so vicious that show and and so sort of backstabbing and they're horrible to each other but yes. um, but highly entertaining to watch. Yes. Um, one of the nice things for as a costume designer on that because a lot of your stuff tends to deal with you're not dealing with historical stuff you're dealing with quite right. a lot with a modern day fashion fashion yes um, yeah contemporary fashion yeah. yeah so with a show like that where do you start with picking outfits for uh characters because i mean I, i'm i'm utterly clueless when it comes to fashion so yeah <laughs> well um it's interesting because like a period film or television show every character has got a backstory so every character has something to bring individually to that character, whether it's a period story or whether it's a contemporary story. So if the script is written very well, which Unreal and Girlfriend's Guide, uh, which are all both Marty Noxon projects, um, whom I love to death. She's so so talented and such a wonderful woman. Yes. Buffy alumni, I seem to remember. Yes, right? Buffy. I know. I think that's one of her proudest moments. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) you know, it's all the characters are very well written. Um, As with with Unreal, basically we're doing two, as you were saying, two shows, a show within a show. Yeah. And so that's that's a lot of information. So for me as a costume designer, specifically, 
specifically working with actors and characters as opposed to the production designer who works with the world that they live in, which is also important and helps to set the tone for what I'm doing. But I'm dealing with the, the human, the, the person, the actor and the character. To have characters that are so well written and have backstories that come with, they come with backstories so I don't have to make it up is such a gift and it makes my life so much easier and so much more rich and so much more to give back to the character. So I think that's the one similarity between, uh, you know, of anything that you see on film or TV or commercials or anything like that. I mean, basically, even if you just see a guy in a car driving down the road, you know, just in a commercial, there's basically a story there. You know, a lot of it's not just a guy in a car anymore. There's, you, you know, it's like a little movie. So Um, I have to start with, basically I start with a script, I break it down for the story, and then I break down each and every individual character. And on a show like Unreal, where we've got 26 contestants, um, and then we kind of whittle it down, as you noticed, and then basically by the third episode, I think we're down to 12, and we stay with those 12, and then we eliminate them until the end. So even for those other characters that are basically background performers, I still need a story for them because I need gowns, I need bikinis, I need day wear, I need date wear, I need, you know, so I need to know who that girl is, why she's there, what part of the country she came from and what her intention is here because it's not everyone's intention as you may know on the show to get The Bachelor. There's other intentions. So I need to have all of that information. And then it's current day. So I can go out and I can say, well, your palette is in the pink world and your palette is in the green world and your palette is, you know, it kind of ombres into these different worlds. And we're going to see you in this set. So I need to harmonize with what's going on around you with your bedroom and your, um, or, or whatever set you spend most of your time in. And then I've got 26 contestants that are standing there together and ideally, no one is wearing the same color and no one is wearing the same looking gown. Yeah. And I'm, I'm using the gown because that's the most obvious yeah. sort of yeah. time where we see them all together. So you really do need to break down each character as a costume designer and f- figure out what their world is. And if you don't, it becomes really it really easy to mix everybody up and because television is so fast and so on the fly and there's seven days on unreal to prep and seven days to shoot and oftentimes we as you probably know we don't always get all the characters during prep some of them come to us when we've gone to camera on that episode so we're never really done an episode when we start the next one so you really need to be uber organized and really have a storyboard of the characters Uh, we had a hundred and i think it was 109 gowns and so i i made a giant board and uh with all of the 26 characters across the top and the 10 episodes down and i basically had photos of every single one of them in every single one of their gowns in sort of a graph because that was one of the only ways to not make a mistake (laughs) because it just it's just too many and it's so fast and, and you really need, I like, I need my assistants to be able to say, uh, you've got four girls standing there in, in purple dresses Yeah, yeah. or they're all in the same silhouette. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then all it takes is the director or a producer or an actor to say, I'm really not feeling this dress here. Yeah. Is there something else I can wear? And that's when I tear my hair out and put on my happy face and be proactive <laughs> and go, let me see what I can do and turn around and make, you know, ugly faces. But, uh, and ultimately you pull one out and if I, you know, stick something else in that may 
and probably will determine what everyone else is wearing as well. So it's a domino effect. Yeah. So yeah. I really have to have my, my people skills on and go, well, yes, I hear you. However, maybe we can use it uh, that what you're looking for in the next scene because it would work better anyway because she's doing this and yeah. and he's doing that and and that way it won't basically screw up everything I'm doing because <laughs> <laughs> I'm already on to the next episode. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're dealing with with modern day fashion, are you making stuff or are you going out and like sourcing and buying things? A little bit of both, but I would say on Unreal, eighty percent of what you see on camera is purchased and so that's we had characters that are from the south from Alabama so that that sort of determines where that girl geographically came from and what you know what her fashion sense is going to be and what you know socioeconomic demographic she's from and that that you know and then we had our New Yorker who is a blogger so a fashion blogger so you know it's all over the map which is great because that's as I said super helpful to me so at the beginning of the show which I also do with Girlfriend's Guide because we're in a similar situation. I go and I do a month of heavy shopping for each character. And for Unreal, we didn't have all of our characters and all of our actors in place for the characters. So for things like the gowns, I just guessed that no one's going to be bigger than a size four. (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, so I went out and my first shop, I think I bought 26 gowns and I actually took a friend with me who could help me carry stuff around because (laughs) it was way, way early prep and I, we weren't all on board yet. And so I, I would do bulk shopping in that kind of way. But even in that sense, I was thinking I've got my, I know who the first six characters are. So I'm going to start with this silhouette for her and this silhouette for her and sort of break it down that way. And this color is good for her. And she's a New Yorker. So, you know, her color color should be in this certain, you know, vein. Um, And then that helps me. It's a process of elimination, I guess, in a way. And then we ship everything back up to Vancouver and then basically start from scratch. And then you get the people and then you get with the bodies and you go, oh, what was I thinking? That's never going to (laughs) work But I really love this on you, so this is going to be great. So, yeah, yeah. so I do a big giant shop at the beginning. Usually, I have a first fitting in Los Angeles or wherever we are before we ship everything off, and that's very helpful. And then after that, that sets the tone. And I shop locally. I have a full time shopper in Los Angeles, and we shopped, uh, of course, via the internet a lot. Yeah. And just continuously shopping. And on, in Unreal, there was always an event that they were doing, like the right. um, yeah. the obstacle course, right. and <laughs> so like the the uh, football, powder puff football, and things like that. Like that, those football uniforms were all made, and they were made primarily because once I'm doing all of this, I also have to consider my budget. Darn it! And that, <laughs> <laughs> damn. And uh, we looked into. There is a league. There's a North American powder puff league, and it's serious. It's about as serious as, you know, men's football <laughs> for different reasons. Yeah. And uh, uh, we looked into renting it from the league and it, the price was astronomical. It was only a rental. So we wound up building everything. However, wow. we didn't have the money to go out and actually use the actual shoulder pads the girls wore. So we started with lacrosse shoulder pads because right. they were the lowest profile. And then we took pieces off and added pieces on and I had an amazing team of tailors and seamstresses that put it all together because it was not easy to work on. Yeah. And, you know, building the bra tops. I had one person start in Los Angeles and um, they built all of them. I can't remember how many we had, but <laughs> it was two teams times two. And um, they sent them up and they were a disaster. Oh, no. And 
Yeah. And I had four days to find someone in Vancouver to turn it all around. And this company did, and they were amazing. But um, and so yeah, time, money. Yeah. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. And all that stuff. <laughs> but you know, it's the magic of TV and it's the magic of film. Somehow you were sitting there watching it and you would never know any of that. And thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to uh, just ask about uh, a couple of the older shows that you worked on um bones you worked on for yeah. a while um yeah. what was your involvement with that same the same sort of scope of the job i came i came into bones on i believe it was season five right and so it was obviously very, an established show and I, I took it because i i liked the show very much and i was kind of enamored with emily deschanel yeah and uh and um it was a thematic show i guess and I, when I came in, they, they wanted to freshen it up. So it was the perfect time to do that. It wasn't a huge change, but I think one of the biggest changes was probably the character Cam. And yeah. uh, she sort of got a, a little sexier, I guess. <laughs> and yeah. I remember coming in with it because the, the whole production team is men. And all of them, every every department is men, all the producers. And I um, wow. I put her in a Victoria Beckham dress, which is and the uh, the actress loves tight clothes. So and she's got a knockout body and she's just beautiful. And I put her in this Victoria Beckham dress and I was showing them the photos and I thought for sure they were going to say, nah, you know, like that's not realistic. Like <laughs> who would do that? And I was like, I, I sent it in and they're like, oh my god, wow, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, you're sure it's okay for daytime work or for your, you know, for you guys, this is good. This is okay. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> so we just kind of took that silhouette and ran with it. And I was with them for three seasons. And of course they are still going they're into season, gosh, is it 12, 11, 12? Uh, 12, 13, maybe. I'm not sure. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's a great show and they've got that, you know, great combo with Emily and David. And yeah. it's one of those great TV relationships that as character relationships that, um, I don't know, you just don't get them all the time. And I totally understand why you would stick with it as long as you possibly can. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Bones. I mean, I, I've been a fan of uh, David sort of back since the Buffy days, cause I'm a huge yeah. Buffy fan and Emily's fantastic as well. Yeah. And, with a show like that, when you've got particular characters that are like, you know, Booth is an FBI agent. So, yeah. so uh, how, how much leeway do you have with Would you have with something like that? Because, you know, he's basically got to be in a suit and yeah. it's got to be a dark suit pretty much yeah. all the time. Yeah, not a lot. And I would have to say that if anyone stayed the same, it was his character. Yeah. Um, I, I do know that in the you know seasons after me, he changed a little, a little. Well, not changed, but he his sort of scope of what he wore grew a little because he became a father, yeah. a husband and a father. So there were more situations to see him in. And David's very he likes his suits. He likes his Paul Smith suits. They're almost all Paul Smith. Oh, right. Yeah, and his socks. And, um, and his belt buckle that came on before me was, is something that I believe is still on. Yeah. And it, yeah, I'm not sure where that came up. I think it might've been in a storyline somewhere. I think it and, was, yeah. Yeah. And David embraced it and it's, it's become a really big part of his character and I don't think that will ever go away. 
so his look didn't change much. The work for me for him was just the day-to-day kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And with Emily, we sort of brightened her up a little as well because she works so well in jewel tones. And then her character kind of goes through these changes. So there was some storyline to sort of take the color world with her. So my challenge with Emily, or not with Emily, but with her wardrobe is that she's vegan. And she's um, like right. vegan top to bottom. So there's yeah. no leather, no silk, no wool, of course, and no fur. And that leaves you with organic cotton, basically. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> and synthetics, which remarkably uh, works. And yeah. it's becoming more and more. I'm a huge, huge supporter of vegan fashion. And yeah. I wish I could use it more, but I think that we are just able. Now, here, listen to me on my soapbox. And now that we are, there's, there's more available, and there will become more available. And there's a lot of top of the line designers that are yeah. going that way. So it's going to be easier and easier. But when I started with Emily, there just wasn't a whole lot out there. And, um, you know, a lot of the time, actors like to wear. You know, if I could say, well, here, you, you know, I bought this at Walmart or I bought this at Barney's and it's, you know, this designer, they'll nine times out of 10. Well, of course, you'd rather wear the, this high end designer than yeah, the yeah. Walmart brand. Yeah. And um, uh, with Emily, it just doesn't matter. And it, it was a learning curve for me because that's where I was basically shopping for her was like, you know, shoe, shoe warehouse and stuff because I yeah. was looking for anything that was basically plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, it's it's interesting that because uh, you know being vegan, I I yeah. I not made the connection that that you know. Oh, but of course, her fashion has to be vegan as well. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. And her makeup and her hair care products. Wow. Um, yeah. And her skincare products. Uh, her environment that she lives in every day. Her trailer. Yeah. yeah. It's. it's uh, I would say that ten years ago there would be you know a lot of scrutiny put on that particular or any actor that has those kind of demands. But as I said, it's becoming more and more obvious that it's a good way to live. So and a way that we probably all should be leaning towards, even in a small (laughs) way for the environment or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say, because I could go on and on with that. Moving back, there is a uh, another show you were involved with, um, Smallville. Yes. You had yeah. some involvement. What was your involvement on that? Same thing. Um, I came in at the – I did not do the pilot. I'm sure you know this. At the beginning, there's a pilot. That yeah, they shoot. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I did not do the pilot, and I did the first half of the first season. I did not do the whole season. Right. So, um, it was fun. I mean, it was fun. It was. Uh, it was. It's always fun to, to actualize, I guess, a comic book characters. Yeah. Um, on camera and to sort of see how that translates and to see whatever, because the thing with this world is comics and the gamer world, uh, you know, people are fanatical and they want to see everybody knows all the details about everything and you cannot get it wrong. Yeah, Yeah. So, um, it's a, it's a real sort of juggling act between what the network wants and the studio wants to put out and, you know, being true to the fans who are going to make or break the show. And of course, Smallville was a huge success and it was a great cast. And um, I mean, who doesn't like Superman? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, (laughs) one of the really interesting things with with Smallville was how they used to always dress Clark in Superman kind of colours. Yeah, but, but yes. because they weren't allowed to put him in the suit, but he was always yes. in some variation of red and blue, and exactly, yeah. and that came that was right from the start, and it also um, and there, you probably noticed there was a lot of plaid shirts, yeah, and 
red plaid shirts. And I remember at one point saying, listen, I can't find one more red plaid shirt that's different. (laughs) (laughs) We've got every red plaid shirt that currently exists on our planet (laughs) (laughs) until we weave our own or, you know, something the next season of different red plaid comes out. This is what we got. I mean, we had just closets full of red plaid. And to me, that was a little monotonous, but, but, you know, it's, it's, it serves a purpose for sure. The one you're just talking about. So, you know, the more constraints of of actualizing and working within copyright. Yeah. Yeah. Situations. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's another show which is on your all list, which is kind of slightly left to field compared to everything else that, that's on your list, which uh, you did Halo 4 Forward Until Dawn, which is a, well, it's it's classed as a web series, but it was like a $10 million web series or $10 million yeah. web series. Yeah. Um, so how, how did you end up involved with that? My agent called me and said, so someone has called and asked about your availability for Halo. And I was like, Halo, isn't that a game? Yeah. And he said, yeah. And I'm like, really, Brian? Do, do I want to do this? And he was like, yes, you want to do this. Of course, I found out later, he's a huge fan of the game. And, um, <laughs> sure, that's why your agent should be advising you. <laughs> that's right. So I was like, okay. And my, my oldest son had played Halo. And so I, I'm not, I'm not a gamer, put that right out there. So I was like, well, it's another world, you know, and it's another, like every time you do something, you're investigating someone's world, whether it's contemporary or period or, or in space. And so I thought, well, I meet with the people and I loved the people. And I really love Stuart Handler, the director. And I started looking into it and believe it or not, they were really, really searching and they had gone through a lot of costume designers that they just didn't, they couldn't get, you know, the uh, sort of caliber of the Star Trek people and, you know, the big Star Wars and and that sort of caliber because they just didn't have the budget. And so they weren't finding someone with the background to do this on their budgetary level. And I'm like, well, I don't know why you're talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) And when I had a meeting with uh, Chris Simes and and, and, uh, who's a producer, a British producer. I love him. He's gone on to do black sales. And um, yeah. yeah. And anyways, I met with the the director and Chris and we sat down and we uh, we were in a coffee shop and I just thought, well, just, you know, I'll just go do this because what everybody thinks I should. And uh, we had a great conversation. And at some point, Chris said, now, how does your work translate into what we're trying to achieve? And Stuart, the director, said, because in every genre and every world, wardrobe is fashion. There is a there's a fashion sense. And I mean, and we don't mean like high fashion runway, but there is a look to every you need to you you need to be able to look at the screen and go, oh, this is where we are. Or I'm not sure where we are. And in in a good way. And I thought, wow, thanks. And actually, they met me because of my work on the L word. Oh, right. And, okay. Yeah, and I'm like, I do not get the connection of all this, but no. okay, <laughs> you guys buy it and think I can do it. I'm actually very intrigued. So I started watching the games and or not playing them, but um, because I always get stuck in a corner when I try and play them. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, I met, you know, the other key people, the production designer, and then I met with the people at Microsoft, and I was like, wow, these guys are fanatics and gamers, man. Forget about comic book people. Gamers are great. Are you, are you a gamer? Yes. (laughs) I love, I loved the intensity and I loved, and believe me, when we did the photo shoot with Master Chief 
and the cadets, like my heart was racing and they put the music on. And when the Microsoft people walked in, I burst into tears because I could see, you know, you could, everyone was so emotional and so, <laughs> you know, it, it was, it's been a long time. It was a long time coming from Microsoft because they kept trying to make the movie yeah, yeah. and, you know, they kept shutting it down because it's there. It's, they're so close to it. And they just, I don't, I believe they couldn't find exactly what they were wanting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, to, to do with this and put it out there. So, I mean, it was, I became such a halo geek. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. And my son, who's a grown up now was like, mom, really? And I'm like, yeah, I totally get it now. <laughs> I still can't play it, but I totally get it now. <laughs> but it was, it was, um, it was, it was great for me. There was, there's so much information so much visual information. And we had a Halo tech on board with us 100% of the time who was the go-to person for anyone on the production that had a technical game question. Right. And because they were, they just wanted to get it right. And I, I, if you've seen any of the comments since, you know, there's a lot of critiquing and a lot of it is positive and a lot of it is not. But I, you know, in anything you do, there's going to be yeah. that. And I don't yeah. mean just from costumes. Believe me, I've had a lot, I get a lot of direct contact from people who are, I really want to make, I really want to make the cadet costume for the next Comic-Con. <laughs> Where can I get the pattern? Where could I buy it? Yep. What, what, asking me how the, you know, how many lines are in the chevrons, um, <laughs> you know, all those sort of things. And it was to date. And interestingly enough, other than L word, which was my other favorite job to work on, yeah. um, Halo has one of been, been one of my best jobs I've done. And I got a call from Showtime because of course they're trying to mount the series, right? Yeah. That they're going to shoot in New Zealand. And, um, at first I was like, are you calling me for a job? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, maybe, but first of all, they, they cannot figure out how to get this off the ground. So they were, they're just give me, you know, pick your brain on how we're going to, and believe me, I know that's where the warthog came from. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I know that, I mean, mass working, working with, um, the visual effects company, making master chief was ridiculous. It yeah. was off the charts. Ridiculous. Not only that, but also, you know, because of all the other creatures and, and um people that uh, costumes that they've made and it was just it was remarkable and then we worked together on the armor for the cadets and you know there's an idea and a theory behind everything that you see on the screen and everything you see on the screen is live action we made it as a feature so we we shot it like a feature film right. and then they cut it up into five pieces there was a screening of it in LA at least I think it may have been LA New York and I think it works better as a series. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's, you know, I think it's like a lot of things these days where there's just too much to put into an hour or an hour and a half yeah. and yeah, yeah. you'll be able to just get more out of it if we can see it for a few seasons <laughs> or many <laughs> seasons and, and really get into it. But, um, it was so thrilling. And so again, we did it very fast and, um, with a very limited budget and limited resources, even in yeah. a way, yeah. which is kind of crazy when you think it's for Mac Microsoft, who is probably has more money than <laughs> anybody in the world. Yeah. That's um, the bizarre thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but it it was really it was a definitely a labor of love for everybody, yeah. and I think with the kind of fans that come with the gaming world is, you know that's that's what really fueled the fire in in every department in all of us and when we created this and, you know not everybody's happy with it but that's always the way it's going to be but I think there's a lot of people that were really happy with it so including yeah. Microsoft so yeah which which yeah. is the important thing as well let's <laughs> make sure Microsoft exactly. are happy. <laughs> Exactly. And that they're considering doing a long form yeah. series with it. 
is, um, and again, it's just taking time because I think Microsoft just is really so hands-on Yeah, yeah. and it's not really their world. This was something we, you know, we do, we'd get like all oh, the digital animation and then they go, okay, Master Chief has got to look exactly like this. Yeah. And we're like, okay, we're never going to find a seven foot four actor um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to put in a suit like this. And you know, the suit has to be you're going to have a human in the suit. It's not an animated yeah. character that can do anything. This is a human being in the suit. It has to be articulate. You know, everything has to be able to move. Yeah, and yeah. if you want those kind of actions, then we're, there's got to be some compromise. But hopefully, you know, we don't jeopardize the yeah, character the look at all. Of it, yeah. 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 But oh, just watching the actor Daniel working in the suit. He is a stunt actor to begin right. with, and he's six nine. So we they built up the bottom <laughs> of the boots so that he was actually at least seven. He's just over seven foot, say, I believe. Six, yeah. six nine. They got close. <laughs> I've got an amazing photo of me standing beside him, and I'm five foot four. And um, <laughs> it was while we were doing the photo shoot, and it's just it's daunting. And his dresser uh, is is I think she was five two, and they had a little system worked out because when he was in the suit his peripheral vision is kind of blocked and he obviously can't see anything below his chin Yeah, because he can't put his, he can't, can't, doesn't have got a lot of movement to put, to look down. So whenever she was around him, she would tap him in a certain spot. I'm not sure what the spot was, but she <laughs> tapped him in a certain spot. So he wouldn't, you know, whiz, turn around and whack her in the face because he could never see her. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's uh, hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So lots of fun to work on that really yeah. an emotional and, and, and I would have never, like I said, at the beginning, I was like, really a game. Yeah. Yeah. I want to work on something that's like based on a game. Yeah. And there's so many, and there's like Warcraft and everything now. And like, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. like, you know, really Halo? Is it still, I know it's Microsoft's like number one game of all time, but, yeah. um, but it was turned out to be, of course, that's the way it always is. Right. Yeah. Turned out to be one of, and I hope the series goes and I hope there's some, in some way I can be involved with it. Yeah. Yeah. If not no, actually that, in New Zealand working on it, that would be amazing. Putting it out that, to the world. That, that would be good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Dream come true. Traveling and working. Nothing better. Yeah. <laughs> I know this, I know this next question is probably a bit like saying, which child do you like, but do you have oh, a favorite, no. co do you have a favorite <laughs> costume or a favorite character to dress? Oh gosh. I mean, I didn't dress Master Chief. I didn't make that. But that was just being around that, again, to date, is one of my all-time favorites. And um, probably also um, Jennifer Beals on The L Word. Oh, yeah. When The L Word came around, it was, in a sense, similar to Halo in that we were creating not a new world. But we were creating a world that, at that point in time, which I was just thinking about it the other day, I think it's like 13 years ago now, Probably, was, yeah. you know, not every, not a, there wasn't an open window into this world for yeah. the general population in a way. You know, it's a community of people that were, that are, is, is, I mean, it's so different now. It's amazing what has happened in the last 10 years for the LGBTQ community. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that Queer as Folk had just happened. And so, but there was nothing on TV or on film for the ladies. And it was inter interesting, again, you know, that when Showtime picked it up, they didn't know what to do. They weren't sure what it was going to be in the first season, uh, if it was right. going to be gritty or if it was going to be based on reality with something, with elements to aspire to. And that's the way we went. And I'm so glad we did because it just opened up so many conversations. It just got people talking about this world and these um, you know, the lesbian community and specifically focused on this community in Los Angeles. Yeah. And, you know, for me, 
that's not my world. And it was, again, something that I got to explore and really needed to do homework on it because I wanted to be, again, and that was actually another project where when it came to me, I was like, I'm super interested in doing it, but I want to make sure that I can do it justice because it's not my world. And it's such a political hotbed that I want to make sure that I'm not messing it up. Like this is your first opportunity to, you know, show your world. I want to make sure that I'm going to do the right thing. Like, do you really, maybe there's someone else who knows this world that you might want to start with. Um, But anyways, (laughs) it wound up with me and I'm so glad it did. It was like six years of pure bliss working on that show. Super busy, but they had a great budget. It became about women, a show about women for women. Therefore, fashion played a huge part of it. And again, telling the different stories of the character through their fashion. And Jennifer's character went through a you know, big arc over the six years. And she was a high, her character, Bet's a high profile um, art dealer or curator at her highest point. And just the, just dealing with all of her friends. It's like the friends for the lesbian world of the time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and, you know, got likened to Sex in the City. And so it, it had a lot of, it had a lot of angles to it, but it had a political undertone, which made it really kind of, um, you know, always, we're, we're always on the edge world yeah. and, and, and the edge of fashion. And someone came to me at one point and said, who was a guest star on the show and said, how do you feel being the person who is setting the tone of fashion for lesbians for the world to see? <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm not thinking of it that way because I probably wouldn't be able to come to work if I thought that's what I was doing. (laughs) There's way too much pressure. Yeah, Yeah, I'm just coming to work knowing I've got this woman. This is what she does for a living. This is how where she shops. This is these are the designers that look best on her, and this is the way she wants to look when she goes to work. When she wants to walk into a room and command a room, this is the way she looks at home. This is the way she looks when she's just hanging with her friends. So it's really not for me. A lot of it was not about politics on a daily basis. It was about being true to character, uh, characters who happen to be lesbian. And I think that at that point in time, we were doing a lot of interviews on the show. And that was my point. And a lot of people's points is that, you know, we're all the same. We have a lot, we have a lot of the same, you know, daily issues to deal with and global issues to deal with. And, you know, we, we touched on breast cancer. We touched on childbirth. We touched on women, you know, being exploited in, in business or not. And we touched on all the issues and, and, um, yes, but that, and, and, Jennifer Beals, who's remained a friend of mine ever since. She just is, Jennifer is one of the most intelligent people I know, and she's very compassionate, but she knows everything. Like, <laughs> you, you need to be really prepped when you come to her with anything. If it's a conversation <laughs> or if it's a piece of, piece of clothing that you have an idea of why she'd be wearing this, yeah. she she's going to ask you, and you <laughs> better be ready, because if she even sniffs an ounce of insincereism or yeah. that she's, you know, you're trying to she's she, that she's trying going to be had um she will like turn it and you will be so wrong <laughs> <laughs> you will be so wrong and you know it so you know it brought a level of it, we have an amazing amazing working slash friend relationship because of that and i really admire that because i mean it's a collaboration yeah, yeah, yeah. like i can't I, you can't walk into anything in film and say this is my idea yeah. and this is how it's going to be there's just way too many people involved and there's too many people creating this beautiful picture or ugly picture whatever it may be. And, you know, you, you can't, it's a collaboration. That's all yeah. I can ever say about it. It's a collaboration. People ask me that all the time, you know, well, do actors get a voice? And I'm like, of course they do. Yeah. You, yeah. You, it's, 
they've got to get in front of camera and be this character. And if they're standing there thinking, I just don't feel comfortable in this, or this is not what my character would wear, then they're not going to go to set or they're going to mess up their lines or they're, and they're going to, you know, and then they're going to go, where's Cynthia? And I'm going to go, I'm shopping. I'm no, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah they get, that makes perfect sense they they've yeah. got to yeah you know, the they've got to feel right in it and they've got to feel that it's they're the person portraying the character they've got to know yeah. that that what they're wearing is what they think you know is yeah. correct so and yeah. they've got to feel it like they have yeah, to yeah. feel comfortable it's like putting on a pair of shoes that are too small if like how can you how can you walk around in real life in that i mean how can you expect an actor to stand in front of the camera for 12 hours 14 hours a day in a pair of shoes that don't fit and yeah. act yeah, like yeah it just doesn't work and i i want to make one point here while we're talking about this because people ask me this all the time and a lot of designers say the same thing. Contemporary costume designing can be, on a lot of levels, a lot of the time, a lot more difficult or complicated than doing period film or TV. Because, you know, even though you're being informed by what's going on in the world in fashion right now, a lot of what you see on TV and film is not about fashion. It's about just clothing that a character is wearing to support who that character is well if you you know if you're doing elizabethan you've got a specific well what we see and what we know and what we see on camera a lot is we've got specific references and if you've got people that are looking at something and want it to be historically correct it doesn't you don't have a lot of range so you make that you know if you're however that does translate into contemporary but you know the, the hardest things are if you've got a character who has to show up in jeans and a t-shirt, <laughs> that has got to be things that are so simple like that in contemporary have got to be the hardest things. So you you yeah. can't just have just a t-shirt. It's like what the director's looking for, the style of it. And then, and then most importantly, what the actor feels in this t-shirt because the actor is also going, okay, it's just a t-shirt. Yeah. Okay. So I've got to be this guy that is thinking this and feels like this is, and is going to do this. And this t-shirt has to tell you that story. Yeah. yeah. Wow. (laughs) Without, without any graphics on it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or any wording, just like a white t-shirt. And you've got to know that I'm going to go out and be an ax murderer in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do have a couple of final questions, which okay. we need to get in because because okay. we always ask people. These. Getting it, yes. Um, <laughs> so, first question is: What TV shows are you watching at the moment? Not many. I just don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I watch so many dailies of everything that I do. But I, I'm, I'm, okay. Here's my guilty pleasure. I'm a huge fan of Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> there are worse shows definitely to be watching. Uh, That's a I, pretty classy drama. I mean, I've read, I've read the books. I've read, I've been reading the books for like, I don't know, 10 years or more. And it's very funny because I love Outlander because it's a story. There's romance, but it's based on history and the the history, her writing is very good and very engaging. I don't know if you've read the books, but it's, um, yeah, it's very engaging based on history. And a lot of the history is very accurate. And a lot of the historical characters are in the book. So, I mean, it goes through all the Scottish history, of course. Yeah. And then um, we it go, it starts to be global. I mean, it goes to France and then it goes, it winds up in America in the last books during the Civil War. And it's time travel. So it's got a little bit of yeah, yeah. supernatural stuff in it. Or not supernatural, but um, it's just a really good combination of all those things. And the books are so engaging. I really encourage you to read it. It's not a, just for women. It's not a women's. I think that's the unfortunate yeah. part about the marketing of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, because the narrator is a woman. Yeah. And, and she's the time traveler, but it's really about her 
husband back in time. Yeah. Because she's got two of them, one present day and one back in time, and everything that happened to Scotland in the 1700s. So yeah. it's it's really about that and and how you fit into time as a time traveler. How therefore that translates, you know, if you move to a country where you don't speak the language, yeah. it's the same sort of you know, it's the same. It's just engaging in, on so many levels. Yeah. And yeah. you know, the TV show, you know, it's like anything when you read the book and then go to watch yeah, the yeah. show. Yeah. You are you're wait you're ready to be disappointed in a way. yeah because <laughs> yeah, how are they going to get it and and this is my interpretation of the book and this that might not be my interpretation of the book so in any case i watched the first three episodes and i was like well i like the opening credits <laughs> <laughs> and i like the costumes and then i watched you know and then i slowly got into it and i accepted it and i i accepted her as the main character i accepted him as the main character and now i cannot i can't so again there's only 10 episodes i think yeah yeah and the first two seasons have come out and i'm like would you just hurry up with the third season already <laughs> and they're of course jamming eight books that are big books they're really big books and they're jamming it all into you know yeah yeah as yeah. they must but um yes that's my guilty pleasure and of course game of thrones yes yes everybody watches game of thrones <laughs> everybody but i have to admit that i watched up to the red wedding I watched only part of the Red Wedding with my eyes open and then I turned it off and then I could not believe that that happened like everybody else in the world. Yes. And then I stopped watching it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then this summer I was on vacation and I got really, really sick and I watched five seasons. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> and I started at the Red Wedding. I thought, you know what? watch the whole red wedding and move on yeah and of course yes game yeah. of thrones one final question as well <laughs> yes if you had the opportunity to, to work on any show like past present or future what would it be that's easy actually i want to do without a doubt i want and i hope and pray that i will be the costume designer for halo 4 the series yeah in new zealand <laughs> <laughs> All of that appeals to me in, in more ways than you can imagine. Yes. Like to do what we did with the previous Halo on a real full scale, yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't even imagine how fantastic that would be. Like, and I know there will be more of Master Chief's world and more of, you know, just yeah. more of all of that. And I can't even, like, it blows my mind to think about it. And I kind of wonder how I would pull it off. But I have to say, on almost every project I go into, whether it's this, like, the amount of work or just the genre of the work, I always have this moment of, I don't know if I can do this. And then you leap in and, then you leap in and of course yeah, you're yeah. doing it. I think yeah. a lot of people do that. But yeah, yes, totally. yes. If they would hire me for Halo, I would maybe, and then it would go for like five seasons. <laughs> <laughs> I might retire after that for yeah. a little bit or something. Yeah. <laughs> or not. Yeah. I have yeah, a feeling be I'll be doing this forever. And that's one beautiful thing about my job is that I can probably do this until I really... There's some pretty amazing designers out there that are still going strong and, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Late in life, so yeah. it's kind of a beautiful thing that way. Yes, yes. It's, yeah. a, it's a good job to, to be able to work yeah. until you don't want to work anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It keeps your mind popping, that's for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Thank you for coming on, Cynthia. It's been an absolute pleasure. Talk to you soon. So that was the interview with Cynthia. I hope you enjoyed that. If you want to catch the first two seasons of Unreal, they are both available on Amazon Prime. There's a third season coming next year as well. Next up, we have some air dates. Lots of air date stuff this week. Lots and lots and lots. So cancellations first. Now, technically, this isn't a cancellation. 
but it's sort of a cancellation for the UK because the Universal Channel, in their infinite wisdom, have dropped How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> nice and dramatic. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Did you watch any of How to Get Away with Murder? Did you know, what? I was just about to get into it. Now I feel like I shouldn't. <laughs> well, I, I still go and watch it. Go watch it because it is a fantastic show. Somebody else will pick it up. It'll either end up on Amazon or Netflix, or I believe Channel 4 and Sky were both circling it as well. And Sky Living does have all the other Shondaland shows. Oh, okay. So it will fit in quite well on their network. And it's yeah. a very kind of Sky Living y type of show, anyway. Anyway, so it will go somewhere. I'm absolutely confident they ABC will be able to sell it to somebody else. It's just at the moment it is without a home. So we're kind of a bit behind the US right now. But it has only just come back over there and it will turn up somewhere. I'm absolutely sure. But at the moment, it's not on Universal anymore. On a brighter note, renewals, we've got Scream has been renewed, albeit for a very, very tiny season. Uh, it's got renewed. This is Scream, not Scream Queens, which is the Ryan Murphy show that's on E4. Scream is the MTV show which airs on Netflix over here, just to confuse things, which is the <laughs> spin-off. That's the spin-off from the movie Scream, that one. So it's that show. It's coming back for a mini season three, which is going to have six episodes uh it's got halloween special coming up on the 18th of october as well which is is going to be airing on netflix on the 18th as well so yeah i've i've not caught any of it i don't know whether it's any good i know they've been struggling behind the scenes because this will be the third set of showrunners they've had in three seasons oh. <laughs> does not ideal no, doesn't bode well for how things are going behind the scenes. But anyway, uh, yeah, so whether it will come back after that or whether the last six episodes will be its very last, I don't know. On to other shows, uh, Cold Feet is renewed for a seventh season, which is no great shock given that ITV did so well with the sixth season coming back. So it's no surprise that they want more. Um, also, no great surprise, Walking Dead has got an eighth season, even though the seventh hasn't aired yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so They're that confident. Did you see any of the stuff about... Um, you watch Walking Dead, don't you? Uh, in and out. Okay. You, you know how the season six yeah, ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about spoilers. That is absolutely... Did, did you have you seen any of the the stuff about who they think was the person that got hit with the baseball bat at the end of season six yeah yeah i've seen, I've seen some things floating around there was a, a clip that went up last week which showed rick with a definite blood stain on the right side of his face which means the person that got killed is probably to his right hand side <laughs> And the person that was directly to his right-hand side was Maggie. So, which is poor old Lauren Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, but we'll, we shall see. That comes back next week. Also, if you are waiting for The Walking Dead and slightly concerned that you're going to have to completely avoid the internet on the 24th um, to, to not catch spoilers. There is some good news. Fox UK are going to be simulcasting the premiere episode with the US in the very small hours of the 24th in the morning. Oh, I love it when they do that. If you go and look for it and try and program it into your TV guide now, it won't work 
because they're leaving it to the last minute to put it onto the TV guide because they don't want it to show up and confuse people trying to add that on when they're only simulcasting the premiere episode they're not simulcasting all of them <laughs> so they they don't they're, they're kind of trying to not confuse people and, and put it up early so they're leaving it to the last minute before they slip it into the tv guide but they are swearing blindly that it, they are going to simulcast it so you know on the morning of the 24th um at, at like two o'clock in the morning if you're prepared to stay up and go very bleary-eyed into work the next day you, <laughs> you can stay up and watch it so it will be there just you won't be able to find it right now but it is going to be it will pop up at some point this week it will pop up on the tv guide so just keep an eye out for it other shows that have been renewed uh bosch which is a uh amazon show that much like walking dead actually that's been renewed for a fourth season before the third season's even aired <laughs> they're actually still shooting the third season somebody obviously decided they liked it and <laughs> just decided to order a fourth season yeah. <laughs> so uh, so that will be coming either late next year or the year after but there is a third season which should be coming early next year so there's that and um ross kemp's extreme world is back for a sixth season I don't know why. I mean, surely Ross has got much m- enough money now. Why does he keep on pushing himself in like dangerous situations? He must just enjoy it. <laughs> must do. Must do. Crazy man. Like, I might die. Hooray! <laughs> I've got this perfect holiday for me. <laughs> yes. No, I'd rather go somewhere where people aren't shooting at me. That would yeah, be quite nice. Is. Yes. So <laughs> anyway, but uh, yes, he's he's back for a sixth season on that. They are great shows. Yeah, they are brilliant. So that's back. In terms of changes, there's a show that popped up on Netflix recently, which which has happened quite a lot recently called Glitch. Season one of that, it's an Australian series. It's about a small town where the dead appear to be rising from their graves in perfect health, but with no memory of their identities. If that sounds familiar... It's because it's exactly the same plot line to Les Revenants and uh, The Returned and various other spin-off shows that have used exactly the same format. It's not exactly following the return format, but it, it's almost identical in, in terms of the plot. Because <laughs> I'm assuming there's a rights yeah. issue and they didn't get rights yeah. to it or something. But it is it is identical to basically the returned plot. So, so there's that. The Expanse, which is a sci-fi show that I think actually aired either very early in the year or last year because we've been waiting for ages for this to turn up but the expanse is a u.s drama from the sci-fi channel it's landing on netflix on the 3rd of november it's from the james s.a curry novels about a future where humanity has colonized the solar system thomas jane plays a police detective or a space police detective uh, and his crew as they unravel the conspiracy that could threaten peace across the entire soul system it sounds really good it's got had amazing reviews i think it's actually got a second season already so it's definitely one to watch out for that third of november on netflix there's a lot of people been waiting for that Morocco, which is a french police drama season four of that is landing on fox uk on the 8th of november at 10 p.m if you want to catch up with that uh, another new pickup as well pure genius which is a show about a silicon valley tech billionaire who teams up with a maverick surgeon to create a hospital full of cutting-edge technology to treat rare and 
incurable diseases. That is coming to Universal Channel on the 16th of November at 9pm. I'll pop that one on my list. That sounds really good. Yeah. Um, Medical drama with a twist, which is always good. American Dad, season 13 of that coming on the 24th of November at 10pm. House of Lies, uh, season 5 of that coming on the 3rd of November at 10 past 10 on Sky Atlantic. That's the final season of that. Vampire Diaries. Now, I think we said last week or the week before, ITV were looking at running that in January, which is what they originally planned. I think they've decided they'd rather not have a bunch of angry rampaging vampire diary fans heading towards <laughs> their offices and uh, they've now changed their mind vampire diaries season eight which is the final season the current projected airtime is some point in november but we don't have an exact date for it yet that'll be coming on to itv2 so yay <laughs> looking forward to that coming back because they're always good fun couple of other little ones uh, last dragon slayer which is adaptation of the jasper fjord series of novels that's sky's big you know how they do a big christmas spectacular every year it used to be terry pratchett novels yeah uh this is the one that they're doing this year and i've seen a few bits and pieces of it it looks really good so that's going to be their big christmas day spectacular so that's one to watch out for and also announced today uh timeless which is Another time traveling show. There's a lot of time traveling shows around at the moment, which is absolutely fine by me. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> I love th- a time travel because there's this. There's a frequency as well, which just popped up on Netflix. If you've not caught that yet, that's well worth actually. watching. Uh, there's a show called Frequency, which just popped up on Netflix uh, last week, week before, something like that. There's two episodes of it out now. They've they've bought that. It's running along with the US, which is is based on a 2000 movie and. It's about um, a lady cop in present day who discovers she can talk on an old ham radio to her father back in 1996. Oh, ace. Who is also a police officer. So they're sort of solving crimes across time. But as they do so, it alters the history around her. Oh, that's so cool. So that also caused problems. There's been two episodes come out so far. It's really, really good. I'm really enjoying it. That's on Netflix right now. Timeless, another time travel drama. This stars Goran Viznich from ER. Uh, he stars as the bad guy who steals a time machine in order to change bits of American history. And they send a team which consists of an engineer, a historian and an army ranger uh, back after him. So it's them chasing him through time without trying to alter the time stream at the same time. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense, I think. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's been bought by E4. It's due at some point in early next year, we believe. They've not been very specific about it. They've said probably next year, not this year. So, And if they're saying next year, my guess is they'll bring it back in early next year so next week on tv you've got him which is a three-part drama about a teenager with supernatural powers which is coming to itv i don't know much about that but it's been promoted a bit so that looks quite good big bang theory is back for its 10th season and maybe final season if they can't sort contracts out <laughs> and that's coming back on the 19th of october at 8 30 on e4 there is a new show called crazy head which is coming to e4 on the 19th of october 
at 9pm. Have you seen any any of the trailers for that? No, I've just been reading the synopsis for it that they've sort of been compared to Misfits and Buffy and that sounds amazing. Yes, it sounds uh, really good. I've only seen trailers and bits and pieces. I have spoken to Susan uh, Wakoma briefly uh, at an E4 event. who's uh, absolutely lovely and was like really excited for the show who plays one of the two leads in it. Hopefully I will be getting her on the podcast possibly next week. So that's hopefully coming up. But uh, it looks brilliant. It's from Howard Overman, who's the guy behind Misfits. It's about two girls who go chasing after demons. So it, that, But that looks really, really good. So looking forward to that. The Exorcist, which is the TV show based on the um, novel and the 1973 movie, that got bought by, oddly by Sci-Fi, which I still think is a slightly odd place for it, but uh, bought by Sci-Fi. It's coming on the 19th of October at 9pm. Then on the 21st of October, we have The Return of Black Mirror. Yay! <laughs> Six episodes this time. Yes, yeah. Now it's I actually two seasons. It is, it is. I actually, I, I'd seen bits and pieces of Black Mirror, but I'd never actually sat down and kind of solidly watched through all of them, which I, I did uh, cool. because they all landed on Netflix. Was it last week or the week before? So yeah. I sat down and watched through them. They're amazing. They're so amazing. Did you feel heavy afterwards? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they <laughs> do kind of, you sat watching them thinking, wow, this is a little depressing, some of this. Yeah. <laughs> this could happen. Yes, Go this really to. could. <laughs> I, and my favourite things being stuff like the ability to use your eyes to record everything. Oh, so I love like, that. So when you have arguments, you know, and they say, no, I never said that, you can kind of go back and go, yes, yes, you did. Oh, like, I love that ability. <laughs> yes, that would split up many a relationship, I'm fairly sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> but yeah, it, absolutely fantastic. But you would have the warm satisfaction of knowing that you were right. What's <laughs> 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 the relationship here and there? Very true. Um, so yes, <laughs> that's back for a third season of six whole episodes. So, you know, that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to that. Okay. Also returning, QI is back with season N. This is the first non-Stephen Fry show, so this is going to have Sandy Toxvig taking the uh, the main chair. This is coming to BBC Two on 21st of October at 10pm, uh, and I love that show, and I think Sandy's wonderful. I've seen her do stand-up, and I, I think she's brilliant, so I'm really yeah. looking forward to that coming back. She's a perfect choice for that. Also on the 21st at nine o'clock on Spike, there is a, a one season show called The Player, which stars Strikebacks Philip Winchester and Wesley Snipes. It's about a bunch of kind of gamblers that are gambling on Philip Winchester's character's ability to stop crimes. <laughs> so a bit of a kind of stretched idea, but it ran for one season. So if, you, if you're a fan of Strikeback, you might kind of want to go watch that. Class, as we mentioned before, that starts on the 22nd of November. That looks fantastic. Also slightly Buffy-esque. They, if you actually go watch the trailer, they make references to like, because uh, the, the, the whole thing with class is the fact that there is a rip in time that is based at the school and things keep on coming through it. So that's the sort of basis for, for the show. And they're trying to describe it to each other and they're going... I, I don't quite get what you mean. And somebody turns around and goes, it's like a hell mouth. 
<laughs> goes, yeah, a bit like Vampire Diaries, a bit like, a bit like um, Once Upon a Time, you know. So, so they, yeah. they make, there's a section where they make references to all these other, other kind of teen dramas that are out there. That's cool. So it knows what it is. It, yeah. It's it's all written by one guy. It's it looks really funny. I'm looking forward to that. I think it could be a really good show. So uh, that lands on BBC Three on the 22nd of October. If you if you want to go and uh, onto iPlayer and watch that, but uh, that's class season one. There is a show called The Code coming to BBC Four. That's a six part political drama from Australia. So if you're into that sort of thing, that's catch up with that. Second season of that as well. That's uh, 22nd of October at 9 p.m. Scorpion, third season of that, returns to ITV2 on the 22nd of October at 8.50, randomly. Um, Specific? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, there's that. Uh, Chicago Med, one of the many Chicago shows, is <laughs> returning on the uh, to Universal Channel on the 23rd of October at 9pm. Season two of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend returns to Netflix on the 23rd of October which I, I love that show. Again, one very much for you, Amanda, if yeah, you've not watched hilarious. that. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's such your sort of show, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, season two of that is is on the 23rd of October that I lands. As we mentioned earlier, uh, Supergirl season two of that arrives on the 24th of October at 8pm on Sky One. Then also on the 24th, you've got Walking Dead, which is officially starts at 9 p.m but as i said earlier if you want to stay up the night before you can catch it at it will be around 2 a.m on fox they are simulcasting it with the u.s so you can catch it on there but uh, the regular showing from then on will be 9 p.m monday nights then flash on the 25th at 8 p.m the middle returns to comedy central at 8 p.m on the 25th as well and undateable which is third season i think that's possibly the final season of that returns to comedy central at 8 30 so uh that's everything for this week unless you have anything else you'd like to add no that's it okay so that's it for this week if you want to catch up with the news throughout the week you can come to geektown.co.uk you can get all the latest news and air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments you can email podcast at geektown.co.uk you can leave a message on the website post you can find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown or on instagram at geektown uk that's everything we shall see you next week bye bye even on a budget quality is non-negotiable That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.